This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Then go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We will begin in 1 Corinthians 5, then we'll go to Joshua 6. Now, again, you know, the Word of God has the power and the ability to uh, give us guidelines to live by. The Word of God will correct us. The Word of God will encourage us. So get ready today. I believe the Word will do every bit of what I've already talked about. Now, the Bible is very clear in Genesis 1 that everything produces after its own kind. And within every seed, right here on its earth, right here on the earth, it has that ability on the inside of it to, to reproduce. And so we understand that in seeds and stuff. And again, genetically, you take on your, your looks of parents, grandparents. But uh, often when you go to the doctor for a physical examination, some of the first things they ask you is your medical history, your parents' medical history, your siblings. Why? Because the doctors know the commonalities of the bloodline, about how significant it is. So again today, we're going to get over onto some things in this area, but go with me the book of 1 Corinthians 5 and we'll set the table here. Verse number 6, your glorying, your bragging, your arrogance is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven... Just a little leaven, just a little, little, little bit of yeast leavens or affects the whole lump. And so leaven has a a fermenting action here. And it illustrates the corrupting power that evil and sin can do to each one of us. And so if you were to ever see just a little, little, little speckling of, of yeast, That little, little bit has the ability to affect the whole batch. And that's the same in our lives with sin. And so just here for a little bit, we want to highlight the effects of just a little bit. In the book of Song of Solomon, it says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Just the little things. I believe personally it's the little things that are the spices of life. That make us or break us. Now... I'm going to have them show a video. You've got to watch this real closely. Pay real close attention because this video is about seven seconds long. It's just going to go boom, boom, boom and be over. All right, go ahead. Last three drives, 10 plays, 13 plays, and another 13 plays. Not even seven seconds, was it? I don't know if you caught that. That was the Cowboys quarterback, the rookie, Dak Prescott. He's on the bench. And he's drinking, I guess, Gatorade or water. And he finishes, and if you notice, he threw his cup and it didn't make it in the trash can. Now, put yourself in that position. One of three things would happen to every one of us in this room in that situation. We would get up willingly on our own abilities and we'd pick the cup up and we'd throw it in the trash can. Number two, you would look around and say, I could care less, just let it lay there. Or three... You wouldn't pick it up until someone said, hey, you need to pick that up and throw it in the trash can. Now, again, this right here has gone viral and just millions of hits on it. But it's the simplicity of just a little bit. Just a little bit. And so what are just the little things in your life right now? That we may say even when it comes to sin, what's the matter with a little sin? Just as long as it's ever now and then. 
Keep reading verse number 7. Therefore purge, get rid of, get it out of you the old leaven, that you may be a new or a fresh lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. So what he's talking about is when I give my heart to Jesus and I become born again, I become a new or a fresh lump. He uses the phrase right here at the end of verse 7 that he says, For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed. Now if we were to study the Passover lamb in Exodus 12, the Passover lamb that the, the Israelites would partake of would be a lamb without spot or blemish. In other words, it would be perfect. Then they would eat of its body. And then the Lord said to him that that night they were going to execute judgment on anybody that did not have the blood on their doorpost. And so right here he's telling us that Jesus was our Passover lamb. That we don't have to sacrifice a lamb every year. That now we just receive by faith what Jesus did for us. And we partake of his broken body and we partake of his blood. And guess what? As long as you live under the blood, there's protection, there's victory, there's justification, there's sanctification, there's redemption, every bit of that. And so he's given us insight here. Verse number 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven or the Old Testament, nor with the leaven of malice, of wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity of heart and of truth. So again... I have a part to play. And I cannot ignore discipline on my own part because it denies the very purpose of what Jesus died for me and you to have. So I, I gotta live with purpose. I gotta live under the, the word of God and the things that Jesus asked me to do. Now, I'm gonna have you to go to the book of Joshua back there in the front of the Bible, chapter number six. Joshua six. And as you're turning there, I'm just going to quote this verse. This is Luke eleven seventeen. It says, every kingdom divided will be brought to ruin. And every house that's divided will fall. Okay, now let's think about that just a second. Every, every kingdom that's divided will come to ruin. And every house that's divided will fall. What would cause division? What would cause a kingdom to, to become ruined or a house to fall? Strife would. When there's strife within a home, it leads to separation. Uh, sin that hasn't been repented of. How about forgiveness? If there's unforgiveness, it'll cause division within a home, within a kingdom. How about this? Disobedience and sin. Can that cause there to be division? Absolutely. So I want you to keep this thought in mind right there about division. The, the, the little bit, just a little, little bit, what it can do, the effects. So I'm going to set the table for you here in the book of Joshua where we're heading. The Israelites come out of Egypt. They've been in bondage for 400 years. Moses leads them out. And for 40 years, they wander around the wilderness. They never go into the promised land. Moses dies. And now Joshua takes his place. And the Lord says to him in Joshua, and he said, listen, buddy, you got to be a good courage and strong. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to look to me. And here's what we're going to do. The very first city you go to is going to be a city called Jericho. What I want you to do with Jericho is for six days you walk around at one time and you don't say anything. 
The reason the Lord did not want them to say anything is because their history was that of disbelief and they had a problem with murmuring, with talking, with saying things they shouldn't say. And so this is a note for me and you. Anytime we're in challenges of life, we need to be very careful what comes off of our lips. That don't speak doubt and unbelief. Don't speak fear. Don't speak evil. And so that was their issue. And then he said this. He said, here's what we're going to do then. On the seventh day, we're going to march around Jericho seven times. And when I say to shout, you shout, you shout, you shout. Why? Because God said so. We pick up here, Joshua 6, verse 14. So the second day, they marched around the city once, returned to the camp, so they did six days. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early, about the dawning of the day. They marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only, they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time did it happen when the priest blew the trumpet that Joshua said to the people, You shout for the Lord, for he has given you the city. Now, there's some people that probably say, that's stupid. Why would we do that? Because God said so. And something happens when I begin to obey what God says to do. Verse 17. Now, the city of Jericho shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it, only the Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all her with her house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. Now, if you study the story of Rahab the harlot, Rahab was the one who hid the spies when they came in. And she said to him, because of what I did, I want you to protect me and my household. And they said, you know what? We'll protect it under one condition. When we come into Jericho, if there's this scarlet cord that's hanging from your window, then we'll leave you alone. The scarlet cord again, it represents the blood of Jesus. So even in her life, She had to come under the blood, just like we do, just like the Israelites did in Exodus 12. Understand this about this lady named Rahab the harlot. She was the great-great-grandmother of King David. A lot of heritage there. Verse 18. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed, when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse, and you trouble it. So he's talking about things that are associated with the occult. And he said, whatever you do, don't take these. Don't mess with the witchcraft. Don't mess with the Ouija boards. Don't mess with the the, the different types of cards and the palm ring. Don't mess with those things. Now, if this was the Lord's advice to the Israelites... What about to me and you? See, it's no different for us. I'm telling you, if you got those things in your house, get rid of them. Get them out. He goes on to say at the end, and you make the camp of Israel a curse and you trouble it. So what he's saying there is, by your action, just one person, you can cause a curse to come upon The whole tribe. You can cause a curse to come upon everyone. Verse 19. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated. 
They are set apart. They are holy to the Lord. And they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Now what this is talking about right here is the first fruits of the harvest. And they were always to be set apart to God. And Jericho was the first fruit of their conquest. And do you hear what God said there? The, the silver, the gold, the iron, and the bronze. Those are mine, is what he said. Those are God's. In other words, don't mess with those. I don't believe anything's changed to this day. The first fruits of all are increased. These are God's. These are His. And this is what He tells them right there. Same chapter, verse 24. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and the gold, the vessels of bronze and iron, they put in the treasury, the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So guess what takes place? Everything that God said would happen, it happened. And it's, incre- it's incredible when we just obey what God tells us to do. Chapter 7, verse number 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. They acted unfaithfully regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. So this guy named Achan, he's in direct defiance to what God said not to do. It's very clear here that he takes some of the accursed thing. And remember what God said, don't do it. Now, when we disobey God, you want to see how God feels about it? Look at the last part of verse 1. The anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Not because he doesn't love us, but because he understands what happens with disobedience. So in this guy's eyes named Achan, his thinking is, what if I take just a little bit? It's not going to hurt anything. It'll be okay. Verse 2. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people, for the people of Ai are few. So the report comes back to Joshua and says, Hey, listen. These guys aren't very tough, okay? Actually, we can wipe them out with just a few of our men going. And so here's what we got to think about. As they get ready to go take city number two called AI, the only two that know what took place in Jericho, Achan knew what he did, and Father God knew what he did. See, oftentimes we have this thought. If mankind doesn't know, then everything's okay. But do I live to please mankind or do I live to please God? Verse number 4. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim, 
and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and they became like water. So guess what happens? They go up and they think we're going to wipe them. They lose. They lose. They go into Jericho with the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord, and they win. And they go into Ai with the Ark of the Covenant, but they lose. The only common denominator in that whole thing or why they lost was a thing called disobedience. We're no different. Now look real close at verse 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, they put dust on their heads. Now when they would tear their clothes and put dust on their heads, this was a sign of great grief. Great sorrow. And so here he is, he's ripping his clothes and the elders are throwing dust on their hair. And then he comes back and he says in verse 7, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we have been content and dwell on the other side of the Jordan. So you know what he's saying? Why did we ever leave the wilderness? We should have just stayed there if this was what was going to happen. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the lands will hear it, surround us, and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Now, if you look at the word get up there, right after up, it's got an exclamation point. I don't believe he said in a real tender voice, Joshua, get up. When I read it, he said, get up. In other words, it's not a time to be laying and weeping and crying. It's a time for action. Verse 11. Now listen real close to this. Israel has sinned. Okay? What did God cause it called disobedience right there? God called it sin. When we make the choice to disobey what God says, it's sin. And it's interesting here, he said Israel is sin. But if we go back and we we remember the whole story, the whole nation of Israel didn't sin. Just one guy named Achan sinned. And so just that little, little bit that that one guy did, it affected every one of them. And then his next thing he said And they have also transgressed my covenant. He said they. He didn't say Achan. He said they, all of them. Which I commanded them. For they have taken some of the cursed things. And have both stolen to deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. So what he begins to get over here to. Is they breached my covenant. And the result of one man's sin, guys, was incredible. Now watch watch the result of what this one man caused. Verse 12. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. But they turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. So I'm reading that this past week and I'm studying that. And I think, what about us as people? Your home, remember, a home that's divided will fall. A kingdom, a church that's divided will come to ruin. 
So when I, when I read here, he says they can't stand before their enemies. They're doomed to destruction. We're no different than them. None of us in this room are exempt from this. He goes on to say, Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed things from among you. So what did he tell him here? There was an unless clause. And he said, only way that that doom and destruction is going to leave is you've got to get rid of those accursed things. You've got to get them out of your house and you've got to get them out of your life. Verse 13, the second get up. Get up and sanctify. Set the people apart and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel, and you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the cursed thing from among you. And so I begin to read in this and I think, man, am I seeming like all the time when I go into war, I lose and I lose and I lose? And is my life impacted by doom and destruction? If it is, do I have some things in my life and in my house that I don't need to have in there? Verse 14. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. Now remember, there was 12 tribes. All 12 tribes would come marching in. And he goes on to say, And it is you that will be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families. The family which the Lord takes shall come by household. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Verse 15 is very important. Then it shall be, that he who is taken with the cursed thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord. And because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So God said. The one who's done this. We're going to burn him with fire. Why would he say that? I believe he's wanting to show me and you the consequences of sin are drastic. But also the consequences or the, the only way and means to get rid of it is he said, you got to burn it. Get rid of it. Verse 19, same chapter. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord your God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you've done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. Now, when you read this right here, many times when it comes to little things, I think as humans, we all think similar to Achan. We blow it off. Just a little thing. What's wrong with just a little thing? But you see the consequences of what's going on here. So he goes on to say, Verse 20, and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I've done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, clothes, 200 shekels of silver, a wage of gold, weighty 50 shekels, I coveted or I desired them and I took them, and they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the children of Israel, and they laid him out before the Lord. 
Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. Now the word Achor there means the valley of trouble. And Joshua said, now listen to this. Why have you troubled us? He didn't say, why have you just troubled yourself and your home family? He said, why have you troubled us? Now you want to know how many the us was? The us was somewhere around three million people. And because the one small little thing that he did, it affected them all. But here's another thought for you. Remember when they went to the battle of Ai? 36 men were killed in that battle because of Achan's choice. So again, you begin to see how just the little yeast spoils the whole batch. Just the little sin, it has great consequences for everybody that's around us. Keep reading. The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned him with fire after they had stoned him with the stones. Now if you go back and remember in verse 15, this is what the Lord said to do. So they acted precisely on what he said. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones. Still to this day, so the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Now I want you to think about this. The only way the fierceness of God's anger was turned away from them was when they got rid of what Achan had done. When you see that there became a heap of stones there, you know what that was? That was a continual reminder to the rest of the Israelites that when they walked by that heap of stones, they would look at that, and it was a constant reminder. Those, those, those heaps of stone right there that's because of sin. That's cause of disobedience. I don't know, but if you, if you witnessed that that day, and you saw them stone him to death, and his children, and all his animals, and everything, that would put a memory in your mind, wouldn't it? And so, the Lord was saying, this is the consequences of sin. But one man's sin affected every one of them. So what do we do about it? Go to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. Let me just tell you as you're turning to Proverbs 28. Thank God we live under grace. Thank God we don't live under the New Testament laws. Because if we did, there would be every one of us in this room. And there would be heaps of rocks on every one of us. Because I don't know anyone in the room who hadn't disobeyed God at some time in his life. And so thank God for God's grace. But listen. God gives us the ability to repent of our sins. When I repent of my sins, it gives God an opportunity to work in His courtrooms on our behalf. So watch closely, Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers, whitewashes, or conceals his sin will not prosper. He who denies 
tries to justify, tries to rationalize, tries to blame his sin on somebody else. What did he say? He wouldn't prosper. So when you read this verse right here, understand. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to be blessed. But one of the things that keeps us from being blessed is when we conceal our sin. When we don't openly confess our sin before Him. So look what He says. But whoever confesses and forsakes, renounces and turns from, them will have mercy. So you know what God tells me and you right here? He said, if you'll confess your sin before me, and then welcome my grace to help you turn from it and get away from it, I'm going to mercy you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to bless you. And so when you look at everything that he just said, it takes one that says, you know what? I'm going to repent. I'm going to confess our sin. I'm going to ask God to grace us that we renounce this, that we don't do it anymore, and that there is a remorse, there is a sorrow upon me. That I don't want to do this anymore, Father God. I don't want to cause pain to my own life. I don't want to cause pain to my family. I don't want to cause pain to my church. See, even in my own life, guys, I, I caused a lot, a lot, a lot of pain because of my choices. There was a span of about six years in my life where I wasn't serving God. And I caused pain to my own life. I caused pain to my wife. I caused a lot of pain to my mother and father because of my choices. And so when you look at the story of Achan, that's us. But God's saying, just repent. Come out and confess it. Now, turn with me one more passage to the 103rd Psalm, Psalm 103. Ooh, this is a good one right here. And I believe today this is going to unleash some things in your life. Begin with me, Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, I bless His holy name. Now the phrase there, bless the Lord, O my soul, in Psalm 103 is listed six times. This is what David would begin to say. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, I bless His holy name. Listen to what this says in the New Living Translations. It says, May I never forget the good things he's done for me. What would happen this week if we just went around and started saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Father God, I never want to forget all the good things he's done for me. I can stand before you today and I can say, I'm very grateful for the things he's done for me. This may bear witness with many of you today. But I know this without Jesus being Lord of my life and Him changing the way I live, I would either have been in jail right now or I would be dead. Does that bear witness with some of you can say, that's me? That's me. I'm telling you right now. And so I can go through my life right now and I can say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. That I I don't ever want to forget that He saved me. I don't ever want to forget that He forgave me. So this was King David's heart too. He goes on to say in verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Do you know when we live before God, He has benefits for each one of us? Now listen to God's benefit package right here. 
who forgives all your iniquities, who pardons all your iniquities. You know, the only way that that benefit goes into action is for me to confess my sin. For me to look and say, Father God, I've blown it and I've blown it and I've blown it. But watch what takes place after that. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Now when you look at the order of his benefit package, I don't think it was random. I believe personally God knew what he was doing. And so to trigger the whole blessing package, i got to confess my iniquities. i got to go before God and say, Father God, I take time right now to repent of all my iniquities. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to wash me. And I ask you to cleanse me. And I come under the blood of Jesus. And once we begin to walk that out, think about what he said next. He said, I'll heal all your diseases. I'll redeem your life from destruction. I don't need a show of hands, but has your life been marked by destruction? I'll crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Get a picture of that. He puts this crown on us. And in his eyes, we walk around as kings and, and queens and princesses and all the above. He wants to bless us. He wants to move in our lives. So I read all this week. Man, I came in here Monday, Tuesday, and different times on Wednesday. And I had to ask myself this question. Is there pockets of little sin in my life? Is there pockets of little disobedience in my life? Where I have to look and say, you know what? I, I've got a custom just to doing little things wrong. How about this? Are there cursed things in your house? Have you stolen from God? See, I'm not asking you anything I hadn't asked myself. I had to ask myself that and say, Man, Father God, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. And then the last one. If we've been like Achan, I have to say, Father God, have I caused pain to other people? I don't want to cause pain. I've caused enough pain in my life. I want to come to a place where I can, I can bless people. And so I begin to repent and say, Lord, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be that way. I believe God wants to bless us. And I can tell you this right now in my life, I live a great life. Ooh, I'm so glad I'm safe. My life is a life that's boring. My life, I got better adventures than Peter Pan ever had. I love life. I get to serve God and I don't have to serve God because he forced me. I serve God because I want, I want to be a child of God. I want to be, be pleasing in his sight. And that's where we all got to come to the heart to say, you know what? Today, Lord, I need a heart change. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.